This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 692, brought to you by Harry's. Join the 10 million who have already tried Harry's. Claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash iFanboy. And iFanboy listeners just like you, and we're live from San Diego, sort of. Pick the week episode 692. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Josh Lanigan. Those of you who are listening to his dulcet NPR tones should know that it is a very early in the morning on the first, nope, second official day of the San Diego Comic Con. He's in a hotel room and he's trying to uh, attenuate his voice to the right amount. I'm not. And what <laughs> I'm going to try to do is make him laugh. Well, yeah, I mean, it is early. I'm trying not to be the asshole in the room shouting into his microphone in the hotel room. But also, it was a late night, as San Diego's tend to go. Um, Not much sleep. And, uh, yeah, that's where we are. So I'm I'm at Comic-Con, and... Um, I, I'm pic- a, I'm picturing you smoking right now. I I yeah, know you absolutely. don't smoke, but it feels like an early morning, like like early like like after midnight radio shift. Mm-hmm. And you're like, and here's some bad finger. Yeah, you know, I like that. We have some jazz for you later on. Nice. Hey, actually, uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm setting the yeah. timer. I it's and it's important today. Yes, actually, I do. So have we're going to set the timer. <laughs> We've already burned a lot of time, so I'm setting the timer for 50 minutes. In 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 Comic Con's past, we we've had shortened shows with all yeah. of us have been here because we have often we had to run out to do interviews. But uh, I actually do have some some appointments to run to, so we have to do it be very tight and maybe even short this week. The, uh, we the, apologize. The point being that that Connor's Connor's he thinks this is important. He's coming here to do this for you. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So oh, what are we? Oh, we're a fanboy. We re- we read a bunch of comics or not very many comics depending on the week. Uh, one of us reads their, reads all the books, talks about their favorite book. We call it the pick of the week. We were talking about that book, other books of the week, the patron pick, which this week is the same as the pick. And if we have some time, some listener mail, that may not happen this week. We have fun, despite the fact that we can't get loud. Here's a spoiler warning. It's a review show. There'll be spoilers. Josh had the pick this week. I did. Um, and there's no equivocating. I was halfway through uh, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, number one, and I went, this is the pick of the week. Um, and I knew that it was also in the lead for the patron pick. And I thought, well, that's fortuitous. So, you know, like there was no social engineering going on to try to keep this show shorter. It really did work yeah. out that way. Um, haven't heard from Matt it Fraction. Was book this week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I haven't heard from Matt Fraction in a little while. I honestly can't think of the last thing that I read from him. Um, I think he's been off doing some TV work. Yeah, it, you I know, f- fair I enough. I figured I figure all of these people aren't homeless in the in the in between the <laughs> comics I've read. Um, He's just been sitting there thinking, I have no ideas. Oh, oh <laughs> I don't know what I said, but I pissed off CB. No, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I have had a complex relationship with Matt Fraction's work in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I haven't loved all of it. I I'm not a huge fan of his oeuvre, his persona, but. He undeniably has talent, um, and he's definitely done things here and there that uh, that have really spoken to me and others. He's made an impact. Um, and then the other side of that is that I I 
I know why, but I also don't know why Steve Lieber is not regarded as one of the best comics and artists in comics. Genuinely, like he like he he he's in a niche now uh, where he you know is kind of like the comedy guy. You know, did he did um, the Superior Foes of Spider Man? Um, with right. Nick, Spencer. Nick Spencer, he did that other book with Nick Spencer, which had a similar tone. Um, and now he's doing this, and these are all funny books. But you know, I know him originally from Whiteout, uh, which is just a straight up action book. Um, uh, and it's th- crime, crime book. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, suspense, crime, all that. And I've been aware of him forever. He did one of the best sketches I've ever seen in my life that I got at San Diego a billion years ago. Um, and, and even when he did that, like you could just see the care and the thoughtfulness that he put in. And he's only gotten a thousand times better since then. Um, and so, you know, this whole time that I'm reading the book, I just thought this is this is wonderful. And it, it is perfect for the tone. I really liked the format of the book. It's a, The a chapters? Se- yeah, it's a, you know, it's a series of sort of nominally or not even connected bits as we just go through this crazy stuff in Jimmy Olsen's life. Now, it's a 12-issue maxi-series. Um, Same as Lois Lane. Yeah, I mean, and if this is the format that it takes, that is a lot of little setups that they're going to have to do. Well, there, there's definitely a thread through this. It starts off with, uh, you know, um, yes, metrop- pre-Metropolis, when, when, when the area wasn't even Metropolis, and Jimmy Olsen's uh, uh, descent uh, ancestor talk with dealing with Lex Luthor's ancestor, and and then we we cut to, I guess Jimmy Olsen's brother, who I didn't I didn't know existed, on some, some sort of talk show with Lex Luthor arguing about their ancestors, and then the brother shows up later on. I mean, I think there's clearly a little some sort of there is, but you know, from, background. from an artistic perspective, though, you know, I, one thing I don't know that people uh, understand necessarily is that. Each of these has a, a different set of designs. Like he's he's create. There's new characters that have to be visually created and new settings. So the first one is this old timey setting, you know, in in early uh, uh, um, Metropolis. The second one is a space story where where Jimmy turns into a uh, giant turtle human. Uh, you know, moving on from there, you know, we're in the newsroom. Like there's there's no. It works. It's really good, but there's there's no artistic flow in that. Like he's got to keep resetting the board. He doesn't just get to hang out with the same four characters for the whole time. Right. Um, and it, then he goes to Gotham, and you know, like every one of them is unique, and the art fits that that bit. And it's easier to write that than just to draw it. And I think that it's really impressive in that way. Um, well, I'll tell you, um, I you know I have the same sort of complex relationship to Matt Fraction in that uh, you know he came out of the Warnell School where creating a badass persona was important. And so that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but he's yeah. clearly very talented and he's written some great books. And I'll tell you the page I was all in on this book was page uh, seven on your digital reader in which Jimmy turns into turtle, the turtle version of himself and falls out <laughs> of the spaceship and Clark on Earth looks up and just says, Oh boy, and that was, <laughs> that was, and it's important to note, you don't, you, you really, you see Superman only on two pages, three pages, four pages. There's only only that turtle sequence you see, see Superman. Uh, it's mostly about Jimmy Olsen. And, yeah. um, but just that reaction, the oh boy, like Jimmy's done it again, was was what got me. And then later on, you, you sent me this picture. Uh, you texted <laughs> me this panel. Later, later on, there's a sequence with Clark that's just terrific. Oh, it's um, it's great, like old, like like uh, matted down, uh, slicked hair side part Clark, you know, and he's, his, his posture is different than Superman. His facial expression is different. It's like, 
it's Superman, but he's selling the idea that it's a different person. Yeah. Like, in, in, in a way that I don't think people do in comics. And I think, and if you look at, like, I always think of, like, Ed McGuinness as Superman. You know, when Ed McGuinness drew Superman, it was awesome. But when he drew Clark Kent, it was Superman in a right. suit. And, and, and then you can't get away with drawing him as a different character. He is the person he is. But you're watching Steve Olsen do this here. Throughout Steve Olsen. Steve Lieber <laughs> um, do that here. And... It's it's so good, and the the facial acting and the in the character work and the in the settings, you know, the scenes around the people. There's a two page spread of Gotham City here. That's just a gorgeous piece of art. Yeah, there's a lot really going good. on here, and then and then at the same time, the story is really fun. You know, the the sort of uh, you know it's slapsticky. It's it's you know he can't help uh, Jimmy Olsen can't help screwing things up, but it turns out okay. You know, and also he he's he's a screw up, but he's and you know the, the I love the sequence in the, in the newsroom with Perry yelling at him because he's his uh, adventures, which he records for the paper and they put on their website, go viral. But it's yeah. driving their insurance premium premiums through, through the roof. The paper's spending a lot of money on this thing, and then they find out he's the only piece of the paper making a profit. So they just let him run wild, and uh, it's just a great setup. That, you know, yeah. as, as exasperated as Perry is by him, he has to let him keep doing his crazy adven- you know, and, adventures. And behind it all, the reason that it works is that the, the book is called Superman's Pal. So Jimmy doesn't have to worry about anything. And that's where all of his, it's not even, it's not even unearned confidence. It's real confidence. He's like, it's going to be okay. I'm fine. Superman's right. my pal. And it is. And so there's not a he, actually huge sense of peril as much as like inconvenience, but they love him because he's lovable and he's a good guy and it really is character like this that has been around for I want eighty years. Is eighty years correct now? Like I don't know when he it's showed a lot up. Of years. It's it's I'll at least it seventy five years. That mm-hmm. is a scrappy cub reporter photographer for a newspaper. You know that was that was conceived of in the maybe the thirties or the forties. Thirty eight. Thirty eight. So it's eighty years old. Yeah. Uh, eighty one. You know, that should not still work, but this is you know that that twisting in time travel that that comic books get well, away hold on, with. Let me just let me just give a clarification case okay. before we get the email. So there, there was a an office boy in thirty eight who was not named, but people considered that to be his first appearance. But he was not named until I, I remember this. Him and Perry, uh, a bunch of them had their first appearance on the radio show in in nineteen forty. Oh. So the first time that. Jimmy was a character was on the Superman Adventure Superman radio show, but it's still 1940. It's still a long time. Yeah, and to, but to be able to take that you know character with that kind of history and then and then like apply you know modern comic thought and and sort of techniques to sort of well what is this character what is this what is this thing you know in a way this entertaining it just the whole package worked really well for me you know and and also there's a Famously, when Jack Kirby came to DC in, I want to say, 72, um, and he was like, you know, just give me whatever, I'll, I'll do whatever. And so uh, he started doing Jimmy Olsen, you know, as a way to sort of do Superman, but not, you know, not just take over the biggest book. He wanted to say he could make that a hit. And I, I like, I always think of that when I think of the character. I, I like that as a thing, you know, and, and it, that's, it, this is a great team. This is a great comic book. I had, a, I had a ton of fun reading it, and I was, I was looking forward to more. Also, I think 12 issues is exactly enough and not a page more probably needs to be done. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, uh, I, first of all, I think it's good that they're bringing back the maxi series, even if, even if there's a lot of 
12 issue book that they just won't call them that, but they're bringing it back officially. And there is there is a mystery here, you know. Yeah. Jimmy's in Gotham because he's considered to be dead in in Metropolis and we don't know why or how that happened. So that seemed to happen between the second and third stories. Yes. Which yes. I thought was a, another cool device. This that sort of just jumping around. It's not it's not like they're not connected to each other continuity-wise, but um I liked it. It's a great looking book. It's a it's a funny book. Jimmy Olsen's a great character. Um, it's a ton of fun. Yeah, Nathan Fairbairn on colors too um, is always a good sign. It looks it looks you know backing up Lieber basically. And you know as we said before, this is another fallout from Bendis's move over across the field. Is that he brought Rucka and he brought well, Rucka, but he brought Fraction people like that over with him. So. Mm-hmm. These are people that have not previously worked in this arena before. So it's, it's really fun and exciting and fresh when you have, you know, some new voices telling stories. Definitely. With, with new characters anyway. Right, I'm, watch, I'm watching the clock. Are we done with this one? Yes. We'll do ratings at the end so that there's something in the patron uh, uh, pick section. Sure. I wanted to check in here on Ghost Tree. Did you did you ever read Ghost Tree? I know you weren't on the first issue and then or the first. No, I'm, I'm, I meant to. and I just never got to it. That is fair. Um, so this was the final issue of a of a four issue miniseries. Um, the idea is that there's this sort of Japanese kid that uh, not kid, but he's like a young adult, and uh, he goes to visit uh, his grandmother uh, in Japan and finds out that uh, his grandfather um, would walk into the woods and he could commune with ghosts, and then he finds out that he can also. So he gets to see his grandfather, and he starts to get really swept up in being out in the woods and the ghosts want them to want him to help them. And that makes him feel good about himself. And he's a little lost in his personal life, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we're on the fourth issue. He has developed quite a relationship uh, with his dead ex-girlfriend um, going out in mm-hmm. the woods. They can't touch each mm-hmm. other, but they just really like talking to each other. Um, and it becomes a bit of a meditation on focusing on the past and not living in the present. Um, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of really sweet stuff in here about the relationship between the grandmother and the grandfather. And, you know, the, the, I'm going to spoil this. Sorry. Uh, yeah. the guy is splitting up from his wife and he's not sure why. And part, part of it, like it becomes clear, like it has to do with the fact that he's distant and he's not doing anything to save it. And he's, you know, relying on, on her to do whatever. And, and then he decides through this whole thing is like, Oh, he's got to get back into his life. He doesn't want to lose what he has. Uh, you know, he says goodbye to the ghosts. He leaves. Everything seems fine. He goes back and sees the girlfriend and she, and he's like, I want to make this work. And she's like, too late. <laughs> she, she's like, you, you screwed it up. You've lost this. And it, it ends on a real note of melancholy. Um, but it's earned. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this was a completely unexpected series um, from, from the, from the standpoint of a, God, I think it was the patron pick. I can't imagine I wouldn't have seen it otherwise. I'm pretty sure it was, I remember yeah. Ryan was on that week, um, and we both were like, this was really good. And when I say it was really good, you know, the story that I just described to you um, was really thought-provoking and interesting and imaginative. And it is one of those things where it had the supernatural twist. I, not Twist isn't even the, really the word. You know, the it had a supernatural element. element, and many times in comics, that is crappy. And it doesn't serve to do anything but put the pitch in the, the log line pitch. And with this, it had a purpose and it worked really well. Um, it said something illuminating about the characters and the human condition. The colors, uh, Ian Herring with Becca Kinsey uh, over Simon Gaines' artwork. It was a beautiful book. It was, you know, great cartooning. I re- the characters were expressive. Uh, there were, you know, just interesting ideas about 
uh, how things should look. Um, I really liked it. It was it was a really good four issue miniseries. One of those. Oh, look what comics can do outside of the scope of the kind of things that we talk about. And you could do it as a movie. You could do it as whatever. But it really works in a comic book form. And I think um, we don't necessarily see as many. I don't necessarily come across as many examples of those kind of stories as I maybe used to um, because of all sorts of reasons that have to do with the marketplace. And it's IDW and it's four issues. Yep. Which is nice. It's a nice little nice little uh, story. It is, and uh, I really, really recommend it. I thought it's just, just, just nice comic booking, um, and and you know, like the story spoke to me. I thought it was great. I thought it was wonderful. Also, assassination ending. ended this week. It did. Too. Number five from Image Comics and Kyle Starks and Erica Henderson. Um, what a fun little story this was. <laughs> uh, you know why I'm laughing. You know what I just <laughs> thought of, and then started laughing. Fuck Tarkington. Fuck Tarkington, who cannot die. You can't keep a good fuck down. <laughs> um, there was a really terrific uh, storytelling throughout this whole series. But yeah. I'm, I'm looking through this book now, and there's a great shootout between the um, the bad guy who was revealed at the end. I guess at the end of the last issue or the beginning of this one, and uh, the one of the hitmen who I guess is the sort of good guy one. And uh, they have a great conversation as they're shooting at each other, you know, from two doorways. That was really great art. Really, I was then, looking right at that when you said there was a great sequence. I was like, it's this. Um, great use of titles in this book. Mm-hmm. You know, big, big sort of grindhousey titles, plus also yeah. contextual and art and drawn in sound effects. Really We're, great. All the way through the series. Um, a really terrific fight scene between Fuck Tarkington and the main scary hitman, who we think Fuck is dead, but he's in fact not, much like Michael Myers. And uh, just this is just this was a silly, goofy miniseries, but action oriented and fun. And um, I lo- I really loved every issue of this. I, I did too. It, it it had a little of everything. Um, there you know there was humor, there was action, there there was pretty good plotting. In it's a it was a mystery to a certain extent. Also, it's um like the characters were. In some ways, uh, you know, sort of, sort of like you know, thin archetypes, but in other ways, really did have some gravity to them. I think one of the things is really fun about Fuck Tarkington um, mm-hmm. is that you know he became buddies with somebody who you know, like it seemed like it was like a gag at first. There would be a twist, and there wasn't. They just really liked each other, and I, I yeah, Dave, I loved the simplicity <laughs> of that. Like yeah. you know, it was just you, you can do it. I know, man. Like they, they're just. They are just good friends, you know, and and the main character, you know, he was aggrieved because he'd lost his husband and, and you know, it, and there was stuff about sort of aging and egos and being on. There's a lot here, but in a really entertaining little package, five issues, get out. I don't know who Erica Anders- Henderson is or where she came from, but she was wonderful, you know, like great, great stuff um what a really fun i mean i've said this before i think i think kyle stark's gonna be like a year from now um people will still be talking about him and more stuff will come out that's what i think he's a big talent yeah i think she she we talked about i think she came from like squirrel girl or one of the you know one of those i think you're right one of those books um just a great book great looking book terrific cartoon and the work and that the last page did open the door for more yeah, or not. I'm just just let yes. you know that there's a whole new, there's a whole bigger world out there. Um, which you know, I think if you're making a story, you have to leave some sort of opening for more in case you have got a blockbuster hit in your hands. But um, because people tend to like money, but uh, I think it's I think it's a fun ending just to show that there's more out there. Yep. Um, 
Really recommended, though. I mean, yeah, this was one of the most surprising, fun uh, miniseries that came out of nowhere from Image Comics. Chip Chip Zdarsky had a week, by the way. (laughs) I feel like every other book, I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) I I still, we've never gotten the story about why this happens. We tried to get it out of Jim Fiscari that one time. He claimed this is a coincidence. There's no way it's a coincidence that all the people's books come out the same week, but it doesn't matter. This was Chip Zdarsky's week. Last week was Bendis' week. Uh, Spider Man Life Story, number five, the 2000s. As we've gone through each decade of Peter's life here, as he ages in real time along with the comics, this is what the fans claim they always want. Here you go. Um, I think this book has gotten less fun with each passing issue. Like life itself. Yes, well, there's that. But also, we have discussed this. I think that Bagley is a great artist. He has his quirks. But I think he's a he's a very talented artist. He's sure. he's a very sem- seminal Spider-Man artist. He, he's an he's an era defining artist. I mean, like he he, he just does doesn't. Thing. Yeah, he just. My only problem is for this particular series, he doesn't set you in a time or a place. And I think yeah. if you didn't, if you didn't know the conceit of the miniseries, you would not know what you were looking at. So here we're in the two thousands. We were in the we were in the nineties last week, last time the eighties before that, and I couldn't tell you. That they were any different aesthetically. The, the characters look, the characters, the clothing, the, the you know, the technology. It just it doesn't really. You almost have to go by the superhero costumes. That's the part that he can put in the era. That's how he does it. But you're right. right. Like the actual sort of clothes of everybody else and the look of everybody else is very consistent. Everybody had the same haircuts. Everybody, you know, like the suit that Tony Stark's wearing is terrible. Like, like, yeah, and I mean, it wasn't a rich man in 2000 or whatever. That's, that's a problem. Every, almost every comic creator has, they can't draw anything but superheroes. But right. it, if you're going to do this, this miniseries, if you're going to make this whole conceit around time, then you need to have someone who can just display that in their art. I think this, and this greatest Bagley is it just, that's where this book fell down for me. Yeah, I can see that. I think this actually would have been a really good example of different artists on each, each issue. Yeah. I think, I, you know, that would have been more work from an editorial standpoint for sure. Um, but that would have really changed, or at least somebody with more flexibility to their style, which is not a thing that, that Mark Bagley has. He's, he's got I mean, a lot it's, of... It's just, yeah, as difficult as it is, you know, it started in the 60s, but you could have conceivably gotten an artist who was from that each decade, you know, whose, yeah. whose art was from, who's known for that. I mean, it would have been hard to get someone from the 60s, but... Um, you know, or someone who could have aped that style for the sixties at least, but then had somebody from the nineties who was a you know, I can Bagley Bagley was a nineties artist. He was a big big artist right. in the nineties. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that would have been the one. You would have done. Oh, I can't think of who's alive from the sixties. Uh, you know, I, I leave the sixties for now while I think about it. You do Walt Simonson in the seventies. You do Howard Chaykin in the in the eighties. You do Bagley for the nineties. You do you know a, a Hughes. A Cubert, I mean, for the for the two thousands, right. like or or you know, uh, McGinnis, like something that would have worked really well. I mean, the story is fine. I'm yeah. enjoying it. It's interesting, but like, I just keep coming back to the fact that if if you're you're building this entire thing around this device, which is Spider Man aging in real time throughout the decades, then I feel like that should be really something that's a focus of the book. But anyway, here <laughs> I have Peter really in the two thousands. I could really do with a redesign of the energy sucking vampire. I was like, really? That's <laughs> All right. So we have, um, you know, some of the, so the spider totem is briefly mentioned, which was a, which was a low point in the, in the Spider-Man comics. Um, 
then you have the the vampire shows up and then we also have uh revisiting the um skiz you know early on in the 60s when captain america went to vietnam and he got he 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 was changed in the war and he disappeared for a while here you have a you know a, a short take on Civil War, mm-hmm. in which Captain America and Iron Man are at blow, come to blows, which happened in, in also in the Invaders yeah. book. There's a little, a little too much of that. Yes. Um, but uh, so you, you touch on Civil War here as Captain America has his side of people and Old Man Hawkeye and Old Man Luke Cage and and then Tony's side of things and Spider Man caught in the middle and it, it's 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 been a fun book. It's just you know I'm just stuck on that other stuff. From a from a script standpoint, he covered a heck of a lot of ground here, and I think he did it really well. I really like the reveal about the kids having powers. I like the way that that mm-hmm. was um, shown and told. Yes, uh, you know, like you didn't really know, and then like they just take off, you know, and and there's there's real stakes there because yeah. he can't go and save them. He's across the country. I think, you know, like just little things like that. That's really smart. You know, they run into the woods, the energy sucking vampires going after them. Um, you know, and then I, I liked a lot of it for sure. Is that, an, like, also, is, is that an armored iron fist? Yes. Okay. Or at least it's a, uh, robot iron fist. Okay. But, um, but also the idea that, you know, it, since it is the civil war and the res- registration, now Peter's kids are involved. Yeah. Like, you know the government will come for his kids, so that that raises the stakes in his involvement in the in the civil war. So it's the story is really good. It's just you know yep. it, it could have done with a different visual look. I'm not it's not backing on Bagley because I think he's good. It's just it didn't, didn't work. So I am on the road. I'm at Comic Con, and uh, one thing I make sure I do before I go on the road, Josh, is I take my my travel uh, bathroom case and I make sure I fill it with all my Harry's products. Um, I was actually, I was actually thinking about this and this is not related to the app, the advertisement we're doing right now. It was even before I knew they were sponsoring this week's episode, but like I've really gone all in on the peripherals, you know, like we, we talk about the razor blades and the razors sure. are great, but like I, t- I told you, I added that secret, um, you know, surprise p- product every month in my box. So I have like the daily moisturizer with SPF in it. I got that. I, I picked that up at the store. I love it. And I have the um, night nightly face scrub with peppermint. Um, nice. Like I have, I have a whole suite now of Harry's products, and <laughs> I, it's funny to see all the all the all the you know tubes and vials on my you know in the bathroom counter in, the, in this hotel because I've got I've got a whole thing of Harry's going on. I've got the travel razor blade case with the razor, you know, keep my razor safe. I've got my and your uh, fingers. <laughs> yeah, you want to reach in that bag and come away without a fingertip. They're sharp um, blades, is what we're saying. It's not that that's the razor blade's fault. That's user error. But they thought so, of a way to know, fix it. Yeah, exactly. And so you want to, when you travel, you want to feel like you're, you've got all your stuff. And you, you want to feel good. You want to be using the hotel products, which are often, sometimes they're fine, but not always. Uh, it's you want to it's make still sure a backup. You don't, you, you don't want to lead with that. No, you're, 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 you're playing with fire. Because you'll go that one time where you're just, there's just nothing. And, no and, you're, and, and so your you, face. Fire on your face. your face. <laughs> It's your face. You want to treat your face well. So when you're traveling, you make sure you want to bring all your Harry's products with you. They're, they're perfect for travel. They're, they're travel-sized. Um, it's great. And why is that? Because Harry's founders were two regular guys, just like Josh and I. Just the same kind of guys. It could have been Josh and I start this company. <laughs> couple of but, razor jamokes. <laughs> couple of razor jamokes. They were tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced gimmicks like vibrating heads, heated blades, handles that look like props in sci-fi movies appropriate for Comic-Con. These are just some of the tactics that the leading brands have used to overcharge razor users for years. So Harry's decided to change that. They make quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. And to keep prices low, they cut out the middleman. 
They own the world-class factory in Germany. to making some of the best razor blades in the world for over 100 years. And now they can provide great quality at factory direct prices, 100% quality guarantee. And if you don't love your shave, you can let them know, and they'll give you a full refund. And so this summer, why not refresh your wallet and your face? Refresh your face, Josh, with a Harry's trial set. Here's all the things you get in the trial set. This is great for when you're traveling, I'm telling you. First, you get the weighted ergonomic handle. That's for the easy grip. It's perfect. Perfect blade handle. Five-blade razors with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade for a close shave. You can you can work on your sideburns with it with the trimmer blade. Rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great. And a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go and keeps your fingers from getting cut off when you reach into your bag. And so listeners of the show can redeem a trial set at harrys.com slash ifanboy. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash ifanboy to re- redeem your offer and let them know we sent you, which helps support us, and we thank everyone who does that. you got to get your Harry's blades. Get them. I agree with all of that. Uh, are you still reading the excellence? Or just excellence? I am. Not the Excellence, yes, yes, I am. Are you... How are you holding on? It, uh, this is the issue where I thought I should maybe move the trades on it because it's a very complex story. I don't, and, I don't, um, I, it is, but I don't know that it's doing a great job telling that story. Mm. I, 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 I feel like there's a lot of angst and a lot of anger, and I don't fully understand why. And I don't know that it's being told uh, in, a, in, a, in a narrative sense as well as it's being told emotionally. And visually, I think. I think visually it's still terrific. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, but, you know, all of the emotion, like I know how everybody feels. I know what's going on. But I, I maybe it's there's t- too much time jumping involved. Or, But I think a lot of it has to do with like we haven't really spent enough time getting to know the characters. Like to really understand them, why this is so heavy. But I, I'm, there I'm, is that. There's also the idea that I think... Um, He's uh, Brandon Thomas is the writer. He is uh, giving us information on the world piecemeal. Yes, there. Yeah, I, that, I think I don't know the footing that I'm on. I don't know. We'd said this in the beginning where it was like, "Wow, this world is interesting." You know, we'll see what we have to learn about it. And I feel like you need an establishing shot or a couple more. We haven't learned really any more since then, right. other than in this issue that it seems to be there is, you know, underlying. Th- theme and problem in the, is that you, you have all these black wizards who are charged with protecting all these white people. The metaphor so is very clear, but the, yeah. But it doesn't really tell you, we don't know why, we don't know what's, I mean, I, I assume this will be told eventually because it seems rather important, but yeah. um, we haven't spent a whole lot of time on that. So one of the, one of the things that happens in this issue is that one of the wizards has fallen in love with the woman he's protecting and they're having an illicit relationship which is against the code of the of the wizard so the main character um wallace has been sent to um you know to 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 basically arrest the wizard because he's broken the laws and uh no and and, i've been watching i've been watching the wire it's wallace and no and uh, you know vince howard is a real He's he's a good character. I can I can spot who he is in it, and you know, you know that that guy from uh, Parenthood was good, and um, you know, Johnny Storm. And listen, Creed's a great character, <laughs> but I honestly at this point I actually really do think that other than being a really good visual marker, um, of being able to know who I'm looking at with him, uh, I, I I actually do find it distracting now that it, it's it's clearly Michael B. Jordan's face, and I like it's now bugging me. I can, I can get that. I don't necessarily 
hated because because it, it's in a cartoony way. It's not in a yes. um, but it's a hundred percent his face. He's know. got that thing that goes on sure. between his lip and his chin that is unmistakable. Um, oh, it's one hundred percent. It's just it's not the Diodato like paused a DVD you know traced sure. it thing. It's it's yeah, a I, cartooning I version. Um, I just don't. I just don't have a strong footing, and I really like yes. the art. Carrie Randolph is terrific, and I'm I'm going to stick with it at least for a little while longer because I do want to know more about this world. It's just that we need to we need to start learning more about this world pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah, you need one of those slowdown issues now. But unfortunately, we need an exposition dump. We need to know yes. about this world a little bit more. I need to know why these wizards are doing what they're doing. And I understand um, the instinct to not want to do something like that, but I do think it's necessary. When it's that different, and also when clearly it's that important, you know, like That's if 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 the world itself is going to start being a, this important to the story, we need to know more about it. Mm-hmm. Aquaman fifty, um, I talked about this a couple of times. So Kelly Sue DeConnick has been uh, on the book for a little while. She did an arc. Um, I don't know. I don't remember how many issues it was. It felt interminably long. But she did an arc. Her first arc was bit was not good. It was pretty bad actually. Um, at some point, Aquaman had been killed off camera by Mira, and so he, or thought to be killed, and he woke up with amnesia on this island with all these old gods. And they spent like a whole arc with him having amnesia and them just talking about the old gods and telling old god stories. And I just didn't, I didn't care. I hate that. I mean, that those those stories bore bore me to tears. Um, oh, he also woke up full of Jason Momoa tattoos as well. Um, and so uh, there was a couple issue, a couple issue, a couple issues ago where he remembered who he was, and actually was a really good issue. And I was like, okay, I, now this is this is more of what I'm looking for. And here, Aquaman returns to Maine, and this is almost like a reset issue. So if you were at all thinking about uh, reading Aquaman, reading Kelly Sue Deconic's take on Aquaman, this would be the issue to start with. You don't really need the previous issue. This this one gives you all the information you need as he makes his triumph and return to society. He goes to Maine. There are Maine jokes. Um, the, I mean, it's the the thing they do. You know, he's got the Jason Momoa tattoos. He talks a little bit like Jason Momoa. He's a bit more colloquial. Um, he's not quite the regal Aquaman King you usually hear talking. He calls people pal and 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 says uh, yeah instead of yes and think you know just sort of more more Momoa esque. Um, I can't find any. Uh, oh, he says nah instead of no. You know, like that kind of thing. It's a, little, it's a little different. I guess you can explain it through whatever he has, has happened to him since he was killed. But well, the movie uh, came out. Yeah. Well, it made a billion dollars, so now he's got tattoos and he talks like that. Um, but the, the art from Robson Rocha was really good. And Eduardo Pansica did some of it, too. Um, strong art. The character work is good. Other than, other than that, you just kind of have to go with it because that's just how comics are now. But the Aquaman being back in Maine was good. Um, the characters in Maine are fun. I like how they sort of—they're all sort of protective of him from the outside media that comes in, and um, it's this one woman. One woman is in the book as well because she also had a big movie, and uh, it's this is actually a really funny. Show. I, really, I really actually really like this one, and I was on the—I was on the verge of saying, "Do I just drop Aquaman?" Because I really—I just haven't been enjoying this, but this was a really good issue. And I, I kind of like Sudakonic is someone whose work traditionally I have not um, responded to, but I really like this one. Um, and also, like they're that. introducing the the Aqualad from the cartoon, the uh, Jackson Hyde character. Is that the one with the dreadlocks? Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't remember that. Well, I think he's. I think he's been. He was in the comics before, but I know him mostly from the Young Justice. So they're introducing him. Fair and uh, Mara is being forced to marry, and since she doesn't want to marry Aquaman because she's mad at him, she's going to marry Volko, who's not. He's not very comfortable with that because it's a marriage of 
royal decree. I, I am I, I'm I'm a little conflicted on Black Science. Number forty one came out this week, and Listen, I, it's I, almost done. It's almost I, over. Yeah, I I, I kind of I want I want it I want it to be over. It's not because I don't like it. I love it. It's been great the whole time, but I I really feel like it's t- it's time to close the restaurant. Um, we I think I think there's been a lot of water treading for the last year. Um, or more it feels like. I did like this issue though. I, and that was the other point. Like I really did like this issue. I I liked the world. I liked the conceit. I liked. Everything about the story, um, and I, this is one of the better issues yes. I think maybe in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. So uh, it, it, it's almost impossible to even talk about how what's happened in this series. Even the opening doesn't the little previously on doesn't yeah. really do it justice. But if you've been riding this wave with us for the last however many years, Grant McKay, he broke with the multiverse, and there's only one one world left, and it was recreated by his enemy. Um, Whatever his enemy's name is, Kadir. Um, he had he was given the power to sort of make remake the world in his image, and so he he's made this very technologically advanced world in which everyone follows the rules, and every you know there's no free will base. It's everyone's sort of drab. And, it's the and first Lego movie. Yeah, it's, everyone gets up, goes to work, has the proper amount of coffee, has the proper amount of sugar. You it know, really is the mon- first Lego movie. Everything's <laughs> monitored by. Robots who tell you, you you can't have any more coffee because you've had your your daily limit, or you you can't have m- more than a couple drops of orange juice because you've had your sugar limit. Like it's that it's sounds helpful, bad. by the way. It's not necessarily bad. I mean, I was like, you. that's how they get you, Josh. I was like, that's fair. That's you know, I get that. Um, and I actually thought this this is a really terrific issue, but I feel the same way you do. Where every time an issue comes, out, I'm like, oh, this is this it? Is this over? Yeah. Um, I, it, I mean, I know I know there's only a couple left. You know, I, I've, I'm pretty sure that the problem right now is that there's some sort of independent and shady deal going on between um, Rick Remender and Mateos Galera and the rest of comics. <laughs> I think that there's probably an agreement, an armistice of source, right. that they, they're they worried about unleashing Mateos Galera on the rest of comics because of the incredible damage that it will do to everybody else's numbers and just the self-esteem of other artists. It's 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 been a an amazing artistic triumph this whole series. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it yeah, and if he's he's allowed to be loosed, uh, I mean, the, the destruction could be complete. <laughs> was he this cartoony when this book started? Yes. Did, was Grant's nose this crazily long when the book yes. started? Yes. Okay. I believe so. I don't, I don't get the sense that it's any different. It's been I think it's been very consistent. Okay. Well, this issue was really good. Okay. Regardless of how I felt about the previous year of this book. I agree with you. Um, there's always been good things in all the issues, but sometimes it's been like you just getting your footing has been a little tough. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 uh, dip back into the patron pick. As we said, the patron pick, uh, the patrons, uh, everybody who signs up for patreon.com slash ifanboy gets to vote every week about a book that they would like us to read. And it happens uh, this week that the, the winning vote getter was Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, number one, which was also the pick of the week before I knew it was the patron pick, although it was pretty clear that was going to be the case early on. We talked about the book, but we do need to do ratings, 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 ratings. I mean, four and a half. That was my rating, four and a half. Are you sticking with it? Obviously, I'm sticking with it. Yes, I am as well. All right. It's, I think it's going to be terrific. I feel, yeah. I, I feel like that in my, my bones. And even in that, whatever that special was where we got the little taste of it before, yes. I thought, oh, that, this is going to be a thing. 
that was good too. You know, and it's we it's a weird world where I am looking forward to this more than I am Greg Rucka's lowest well, lowest lane. Well, you know, that's I think that's going to be good too. It's just a different tone. Yep, it's the absolutely. tone we are used to. This is a totally different kind of book than you get. You don't. And, you know, and that's ooh. the that's the difference. Like in my sort of growth as a comic book reader, like that to me makes it fun. Fun. I'm all about but, the fun. But also, it's it's hard to do com- uh, it's hard to do um, humor in c- comics these days because mm-hmm. people don't look at it as being serious. But it is serious. It's and they funny. only they only trust a handful of people to do it. Really, <laughs> it's right. like well, you got to bring in Steve Lieber if, if you're going to do that. Okay. Um, <laughs> Patrons, you can go to patreon.com slash ifanboy, like I said. Um, we have uh, the next stretch goal in there uh, that we are inching towards slowly. Uh, the a non-meet, non-monthly, non-comics media podcast where we will discuss something of our choosing or perhaps something of your suggestions uh, that isn't comics like we do with the um, year-end show. That's It's sitting there. It's in the offing. It only needs mm-hmm. your support to get there. We will return... Uh, just as many of the uh, full-length video shows and minis to our YouTube channel uh, as possible. Um, <laughs> I don't want to say we will do all, because I'm sure we'll get to a thing where, like, this just doesn't exist anymore, and that will have to be the case. Um, right. <clears throat> you can also go over to ifanboy.threadless.com. You can find, you know, primarily T-shirts, sweatshirts, tank tops, these kinds of things. Uh, and there are seven designs that we have available there. Uh, you can go to ifanboy.com support. Uh, you can give us direct donation via PayPal if you don't want to deal with a patron thing um, for some reason. Uh, and finally, you can go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon. Uh, you will find links to buy all of our books, Blowed Books. We've got another one coming up soon uh, and a general link to uh, Amazon through there that you can um, purchase things through and, and therefore support the show indirectly. Uh, you know, I said before and I will keep saying it, uh, the folks who do this uh, uh, amaze me and uh, we are grateful and we really appreciate it and it, it, it really offsets the amount of time that we uh, still put in this show because uh, it is really fun and I love to do it, uh, but also it is it is a significant uh, time impact. It may not seem like it. You just talk about comics for an hour, but there's a lot <laughs> that go on. Uh, it goes on. You know, there's a lot of reading, a lot of stuff. It's all... It's all real post production. Post production. Oh God! <laughs> it's not just we don't just talk and then hit hit publish at the end. It's uh, there's a whole whole thing that goes into making the yep. show. And we we've even tried to cut it down in the past, but you know it, it takes time. Just can't we, just can't do it. We have to do it right. That's really important to us now. At however many years, and we're not gonna we're not gonna phone it in. So thank you so much to everybody. Uh, if you've been thinking about doing it, uh, you know I think it's a good thing to do. Not just for us, anybody who's sort of uh, products or content or whatever it is that you support. If you can help them out directly, it makes a big difference. So as Josh mentioned, patreon.com slash fanboy where you can support the show. As anyone who is a patron can vote at the patron pick, but if you give it the $5 or higher level, you get your own special superpower on the show live, sometimes with preparation. Other times you have been at the Comic-Con and haven't had time to think about anything. So that's why Josh starts. I did that for you. Uh, Eric Pierce um, is always in control of the ambient light wherever he is to the perfect extent. He provides exactly the amount of light that's needed. There are no bulbs needed when Eric Pierce is around. Uh, As a bonus, uh, if you're outside, for example, at night, uh, Eric's uh, ambient light does not attract uh, bugs. It's not that kind of thing. So you can just enjoy yourself out there without being hit in the face by a giant moth a thousand times. Wait, so he is the light? Yeah, he is the source, or at least, you know, around them. Uh, in the area that needs to be lit, it's brought to the perfect. 
and also works the other way. You ever find yourself outside uh, on a real bright day and you can't find any shade? You can't, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just too, it's too bright. It's too, he turned that down. That has nothing to do with the temperature. He's not controlling the temperature. That's not it. But the amount right. of light getting through, he works like an iris mm. or an aperture, but for an area that he is, uh, he's existing in. Wow. Mm. Interesting. Well, Will McCoy, wasn't he the quarterback in, in the Friday Night Lights? Uh, J.D. McCoy. J.D. McCoy. Well, much like J.D. McCoy, Will McCoy can hit any object with any other object. Okay. So what I mean, what I mean by that is he can pick up this, this sharpie next to me, and he can hit any object with it. It's like, it's like bullseye, but different. Within, <laughs> within, uh, like a, like a standard range. Yeah, like as as far as you can throw an object. Okay, so but it's not like it's not like he can he can hit a window in Baghdad. No, he can't hit like a satellite, but okay. he could you know. He could hit the lamp across the room with with the sharpie in exactly the location that he wanted to. Like, right? You know what's nice about that is that you you don't. I mean, with smartphone, smart connected homes and all this, you don't need it anymore. But if he could like hit a light switch from across the room, that's useful. Sure, and he throws it in a perfect spiral. Everything throws in a perfect spiral, even if the shape is not endemic to that spiral. Yeah, it somehow makes it work. That that one just put the whole thing over the top for me. By the way, it's it's funny because before you said quarterback and I I lost interest for like a half a second. And then you said Friday Night Lights and I popped back in. And then we're talking about the other thing. And then you said Perfect Spiral and I was like, I don't know. It makes me happy. Perfect Spirals. I don't care about football. I can't play football. I don't really want to watch football. But if I've ever thrown a football and it does the spiral it's supposed to, I feel like I have conquered the world. Perfect Spiral is a great band name too. <laughs> It's true. A perfect circle might be like, hey, but either way. <laughs> Rodney Holmes. Mm-hmm. Rodney Holmes uh, has the power to uh, transform any person into a three and three quarter action figure. Um, he transmogrifies the person. He doesn't make an extra copy. So it, it's really more of an offensive weapon or possibly defensive. Um, but it, and it must yeah, be used with it, care. Are you are you still a person? No. You're just, you're just- Action figure size? No. To, to get back to the uh, Twilight Zone episode, you don't want to piss off Randy Holmes. Are you, are you conscious as the toy? I'm going to go with no. Okay, so you're dead. Yeah, but you're, you're a <laughs> semi-articulated, not particularly detailed three and three-quarter action figure. Like, you're somewhere between 80s G.I. Joe and early Star Wars. And can he turn you back? No. So wow, so it's permanent. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's you know, it's it's serious business. Except in the end, you do have a little cute toy. Well, that's um, dark. Uh, also dark is my um, Mitchell McCann. His power, and I, I I thought of this when you were talking before. So this is not a crib on your light power, but Mitchell, Mitchell McCann can create blackout curtains anywhere he go, he is. <gasps> oh. So. Now he doesn't physically manifest the curtains, but he has the same effect. So, like, he just stops the light from coming into the room. Mm-hmm. So, if you're, you know, if you're in a hotel with blackout curtains, you're like, "Wow, I'm getting such great sleep." When I go home, I don't get this good sleep. He gets to recreate the effect because he creates sort of uh, virtual blackout curtains that block the light. That's that's nice. I can I can tell that you are in a hotel right now uh, by that. <laughs> I've been meaning to get um, 
some device like that in my uh, bedroom in my house since I have moved here. Mm-hmm. And I've lived here for over eight years now, and I still have the same crappy blinds in that room that you did when we moved in. Everywhere else in the house, by the way, the kids' rooms, the, the you know, like they have all gotten the updated uh, blackout blinds, but we have not done that in our bedroom for some reason, because I guess that's a metaphor for parenthood. <laughs> but, we should uh, have Mitchell come over. Yeah. Just sit, I, sit in the corner. I just <laughs> double checked uh, the, the patron list to make sure that it wasn't supposed to be Michelle or Mitchell. Uh-huh. And it is as written. It's it's Mitchell with no T. Okay. So well, Mitchell's the black, ultimate blackout curtain creator. I like that. That's good. That works. Patreon.com slash fanboy. That's where you can join up and you can get awesome powers like that. or uh, And you can run wild with them. I think we have time to do the theme. Let's, I think we do. One. All right, we do. We have we have three minutes and twenty nine seconds. Is what we have. Kale from Broomfield, Colorado. Is there? And this is a question we have gotten many times, but it's sometimes good to re, to uh, revisit because we get new listeners. Is there yeah. a deliberate selection to the songs that open and close the shows? Sometimes it seems like there is an obvious connection to the pick of the week. Other times, not so much. I've been thinking about this question for a few months now. I, you know what? I actually don't know how you do it anymore because we haven't talked about it in such a long time. I have a very specific way that I do it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, well, this this is a, this is an interesting twist because normally I'm the one with the very specific systems where this time you do. Uh huh. That's true. So tell us what your system is. Uh, my system is usually that I will pick uh, a word either from the title or the theme of the pick of the week. Um. Mm-hmm. So this week it's Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Um. I might search my iTunes library for something along the lines of pal or friend. Or, mm-hmm. you know, or photographer or something. Yeah, something like that is the first thing that I'll do. If I don't find a song that I – then, you know, like the songs that I go through, they have to be something that – you know, I'm not going to pick a dirge for the most part. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not really concerned about genre. I will do all sorts of genre as long as I think it's a good song. Through the week, I will be listening to music and I will hear a song. And be like, That's a great song. I want to share that with other people. But I almost never remember it when it's time to put the show together. And so that's why that doesn't work for me. Recently, and also I, I, I'm really proud. And also don't want to be too on the nose. Sometimes on the nose is okay, but other times no. So recently when I did that Tom King um, show, I chose Black Flag's TV party. Um, several reasons for that. One, I was going through a Black Flag thing at the time. Two, Black Flag, uh, Henry Rollins is from Washington, D.C., where Tom King lives. Uh, and also mm-hmm. they're from the band is from L.A. where Tom King grew up. And then TV Party is, um, well, he's doing a lot of TV. <laughs> like, a, so and I was very proud of that. But again, I think that was so subtle that like very few people would pick up on it um, or, or no one. Yeah, well, I, that's why I just told everybody because I was like, how smart I was. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of that's kind of how I do it. I, I try to pick a theme and go from that. And, uh, and if I have a good song for that, I will. Other times, not so much. Some, sometimes, we try to always, yeah. We try to always do up tempo. Um, For the most obviously, part, yeah. as you mentioned, every once in a while. But we try to open the show with some energy because um, sometimes we come right down, depending on how <laughs> quiet we are. But um, uh, I'm, I'm much more loosey goosey about it. Um, sometimes I try to do what Josh does and match the song to the pick of the week, or or, or if something is mentioned on the show specifically, like a band or a song or something, or. Yeah. Or something, something specific to the show itself, or it's just a song I like, or it's a song I just heard, or I just something random. Like it really just depends. I think I start from a place of: is there something from the show I can do? And if not, then it's okay. Then, then what else do I got? Or 
it's just whatever I feel like doing at the moment because you know, yeah, you can't really start editing the show without without the song. So I don't I want to spend too much time on picking a song. Well, what's um, funny is that you, I, mean, I talk about music incessantly. Anybody around me, you know, over the past five years, would you know, is like, shut up. Um, well, there it is. There it is. But I don't know what you listen to. Like, I don't know what music you put on when you get in the car. I know things that you like, for sure. Um, but I know that we don't necessarily listen to the same kind of things. There's there's crossover and everything. But I, I like... Yeah. Like, what were you listening to in your car today? Do you listen to the radio? I feel like you might listen well, today, to the radio. I've, I've been in this hotel room. Well, you know what I mean. I have not. <laughs> um, I have uh, some... Uh, my car has streaming stations. Mm-hmm. So I don't listen. I, there's only one station I listen to, which is 88.5 in, in, in L.A. It's a new um, nonprofit uh, sort of rock station. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when I listen to the radio, I listen to that one. But I don't, when I'm not streaming like a baseball game um, through my phone onto the, into the car, uh, I usually have it on like 90s um, or 80s. The station, the 90s station or the 80s station because yeah. I'm in a real strong like, uh, oh, God, I'm old. Uh, See, and I, 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 I can't. I don't want anyone else to pick my music. I won't listen to. I wouldn't yeah. do that. Everything I listen to is very specific. I, I try it. I sometimes I will be next to a car in traffic, and I'll look, and I can see that they're just listening to the radio, and I'm like, why? You have so many options. It's, it's, I know. It's why. the same thing as anything else. It's discovery. It's, I, it's I, a song. I go, oh man, I haven't heard that song in years. I forgot. It's about usually. That song. I think the thing for me is it's usually not discovery. It's usually you've heard this a million times and it's comfort food. And to me, that's boring. I know that's not everybody's thing. That's my initial instinct, and I'm often wrong because I can be an asshole. I think there's been a lot of music questions lately, and I think partially it's because I I chose the Pennsylvania polka for a show a couple <laughs> weeks ago from Groundhog Day, uh-huh. and I kind of don't want to explain why. I don't know. Because I don't remember. Obviously, I, I don't remember the, any shows we've done before. So, I think it, I think the mystery is funnier than the actual oh, mundane yeah. explanation. Um, but I do. There was a lot of head scratching when that show came out. I'm like, why is the Pennsylvania polka? Because I want to think that people doing the show can tell which one of us has edited it. And I can tell you though that it has nothing to do with who has the pick. Like right. from a well, schedule I mean, standpoint, there's, there's a real easy way to tell. Yeah, no, but I don't. I don't know how attuned to that people are. There's for me and you, and like people who know well, us. I mean, you, you just see the name in the the name in the post. Well, there's that. I guess I don't even think of that. That's fine. All right, let's wrap this guy up. Good stuff to do. Con- Contact.ifanboy.com. That's how you can write us in if you have a question. And we're we're heading towards 700, but we're not going to make the call yet for emails for that show because we still have some shows to get through before that. I don't want to clog up the email box, but. In a couple of weeks, we'll start soliciting emails for that all-email all show, um, which will be, I guess, in September, somewhere around there. Yeah, I think this is the last time that I will plug this, um, but uh, we were just talking about that Tom King Talksplode. Um, if you haven't listened to it, um, you should. Uh, more people have listened to that one than any other one, so uh, you probably have. But I, I, again, I really dug that. Um, now you know why that's the music at the beginning of it. And I was really just hoping to get Black Flag in people's heads. I think that's fun for me. Uh, there's Spider-Man Far From Home uh, podcast still available. You might hear about that for the last time now. Just here's what you need mm-hmm. to know. Great flick. Fun time. I know that Tom King really enjoyed the interview. <laughs> As he was, uh, he's at the show, and I, yeah. and I... I I know he said he really enjoyed doing it. So there you go. There was there. Listen, there was an hour at least of extra recorded stuff that didn't make it. That obviously would get a lot of people in trouble if it had. Um, Booksplode. We have the planetary book two um, is our, is our July booksplode, which I believe will be coming out this week. I, yes, 
Yes. Later this week. How Later are you? This week Did you have you finished reading it? I have not started reading it. Oh boy. <laughs> Do you know that the first number in the page count starts with a four? That's a lot. That's a lot of pages. Um, <laughs> I'm worried about it, and I'm not at a major comic convention. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the, the, that show, by the time you hear this show, will have been recorded, most likely. So, <laughs> no, not true. Well, that's true. By the time some of you have heard this show, the show will be recorded. Anyway, it's coming out this week. We have to. It has to. This is the end of the month. It has to do that. There's no other choice. Um. Then Batman Hush in August, that's the animated show. And then in July, oh, today. If you're listening today. to the show, as the show comes out, today is the July Patreon, hang, Patreon Hangout, which is where we spend an hour or so with the patrons. And I think I'll probably talk about Comic-Con uh, there. I, I hope to talk about it here, but time constraints are... are yeah. um, I will just say this, that the the DC booth is really, really messing everybody up. <laughs> Everybody's sort of freaked out on the floor about it. Yeah, I can... Um, things change, man. But this, this is a major, major shift, and uh, that's everyone. I, I like at the party I was at last night. That's all everybody was talking about. Uh-huh. Uh, so we'll get to that. So if that's what that. There's a good reason to be a patron, by the way. Uh, go over to ifanboy.com to find out all of our podcasts. Uh, find out what the pick of the week is. Uh, the sh- the before the show comes out uh, by liking facebook.com/ifanboy or at ifanboy on Twitter or uh, at ifanboycomics on Instagram. Um, where they're also Connor is is diligently capturing images and feelings uh, from the from the biggest comic book convention in the world. Um, Here's I what I learned: um, uh, the Wi-Fi on the floor does not really support uh, live stream video from uh, Instagram, which I tried to do and it came out badly. Yeah, I mean that's going to be an overwhelmed. I can't even imagine. Ugh. Which is interesting because I used to do Periscope videos and it was fine. But for whatever well, think reason, think about how many just, people are doing that now, though. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, like just the amount of bandwidth. I bet if you were in there, if you are in there, you know, and you try to do something, it's really slow. But if you cleared everybody out, I bet it's like super fast. Yeah, you for know? sure. Uh, so is it just? I, I it's meant to do. It's just everybody walking around looking at a phone now, in a costume. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, yes. Ugh. I was going to say something, but I, I think I'd get in trouble for it. Yes, there's a lot more of that, and actually. I see fewer camera rigs. Yeah, that like, makes sense. A, a couple of years after we had stopped doing our video show, suddenly it was like you saw you, you saw nothing but people doing interviews, and now I see that a lot less. Hmm. Interesting. I, I see more people doing it on their phones. Uh, you can follow us individually um, on Instagram at jflanagan and Seals Kilpatrick. Uh, I'm I'm on a little Twitter hiatus right now, but I'm I'm there if you wanted to look for me. I don't know when I'll do that again. Uh, I will, I'm sure, but right now I've, I've, had, I've had enough of all that. <laughs> <laughs> We're still there. Our fanboy's still there. That's true. Um, if you like the show, please write a review on iTunes. As long as iTunes is still around, I don't know how much longer it's going to be around, but whatever, wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave us a review. You don't even do a review, just a star rating will help people find the show. Even better than that, do word of mouth, tell your friends, and help us uh, spread the uh, fanboy community. Grow it. Spread it. Like do it. On a piece of toast. No, that's nice. Um, I appreciate uh, everyone putting up with my altered circumstances today. And uh, we'll be back to normal next week. Real quick I question. Was I supposed to hit record before we started this? <laughs> that, that happened once already at Comic-Con. And it was very awful. It, with a live show. With a live show. With special guests and everything. I can picture it because I know there's photos from that. <laughs> we did a whole fucking show at Comic-Con once. Did not record it. Whose fault was Connor. that? 
all of ours. Okay, I'll take no that. No one checked the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Josh. <laughs> it was hot out there, too. We were in the direct sun hot. for some reason. I can't, they, they would never let us do that now, by the way. Just set up somewhere and do a show. Nope. We could cattle prod him. Just call